Hello and welcome back again to the Wild Wisdom Wellbeing guest slot with me, Robin Harris of Equenergy Wellbeing Naturally. And today I'm super excited. I have another wonderful guest with me. Today I've got Anya Gallagher of Sanavita Health come to join me here on the guest slot. So Anya, welcome. And I know that you're going to be talking to us today about the natural set point wit, which I'd never heard about before I met you. But if you would start maybe by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you've come to be so passionate about this uh, concept. Of course, yeah. So hi, Robin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, so I'm so passionate about this topic because it's something that I found myself and continue to, to work on and obviously find too. But it all began really when I was kind of my teenage years, kind of mid to late 20s, went on for a little while. I was kind of dieting a lot and trying different exercise programs, different diets, just all in a bid to get my weight to a weight that my body didn't want it to be, basically. And I was, I kept trying, I was trying a lot, doing lots and lots of things. And I knew there was a different way, but I just kept trying. I thought, surely I can be slimmer. <laughs> so, but this, so this went on for a little while until I reached out and found um, Sarah Grant, who's a nutritional therapist who I work really close with Lee, uh, now with our clients. And she taught me about the set point theory and um, the hypothesis that our bodies have a set point weight that it's always striving to achieve. And as soon as I learned that, it was like, oh, yes, I knew it. And so... I it kind of the pressure all went off and I realized yeah I, I can really live at that set point weight and dieting is just not the answer so um that's where my passions come from really to really help women find their natural weight and um love their natural weight too yeah and I think it's lovely that your body knew our bodies really do know don't they and brilliant that you felt that kind of there is something there is a natural way to do this but unfortunately there is a lot of pressure isn't there in the media and so on that we should look a certain way we should be a certain set of measurements it's not even just about weight is it it's about having that hourglass figure or whatever if you're a woman and that's the, the goal the ideal but it changes so much doesn't it if you look back over history and you look at the different portrayals of a fem feminine figure in art you will see, or in different cultures, look at the yeah. arts of different cultures to see what is their concept of ideal. And they're so varied. So varied. It's so varied. And I think that's a really good point, actually, because your body has a set point range. And then obviously, but everything on the outside is saying have, you know, the thigh gap or you're really tall and slim or you know, hourglass. But then our set point weight is just like, well, like it's happy there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really care about anything else so that was yeah, it's really interesting you say that because it's, it's so yeah so so, so relevant yeah so. but it's just when I kind of heard that it made me think that well there is no ideal is there apart from what your body wants itself but yeah. the rest is just a concept it's, it's a construct by the society in which we live and if you move to a different society maybe that's it you know they say that it's just I'm too short for my weight or something because if you yeah. stretched me I'd be fine or maybe I'm just in the wrong culture I should be living in another country yeah, the country that fits where my body fits and then there won't be the pressure on me to change 
Definitely. And you know, one of the, the best things I really, I suppose, enjoyed learning about and putting into practice was that, like I said, pre-learning pre it, really, I was working against my body. That's what I really learned. I was dieting. And my, it, it was just not working with my body. But when I really learned about the set point theory and how I can apply it, I was like, it just felt so good. Like, everything I was doing was like, I'm working with my body now. It's And it all seems to be in harmony. So when, when I was kind of dieting, um a good while ago now it was more like i mean my energy levels were low my hormones weren't quite right and it's these little cues and things that are telling you your body's telling you all the time that it's not right but again it's that what you're surrounded by you think oh i must be doing it this is surely this is right there's got to be another diet that will sort it out but yeah no that there wasn't so yeah really interesting and unfortunately right from when we're children we think that other people know better as a child you can understand that you're small, you don't have an awful lot of power and influence in your life. Adults obviously have been here a lot longer, so you kind of defer to what they tell you. Yeah. But then we lose that ability or, or sensitivity to what our own body is saying, that sensitivity to listening and to trusting that the body, our own body knows what's right for me as an individual and if I follow that I'm going to be so much more comfortable so much happier in myself so much more at home in my own skin yes rather than worrying about what is society telling me what are uh, what is the social media description yes. of who I should be or trying to copy somebody else because they're seen in the media and and celebrated rather than just celebrating me for who I am Absolutely. And I think it comes around to that acceptance as well. When I started to learn, I mean, as personally, I don't really step on the scales much actually at all, because I'm very aware of how, how I kind of feel. And um, the way I did find my, I suppose, natural weight on the scales was I made the changes and my body adapted and I felt, felt much better. And then I obviously maybe stepped on the scales. And I was like, okay, that's where the weight is. And that must be where it is. It wasn't really kind of the other way around. But it's... Um, it's interesting that you're saying that because it's something that I remind myself of as well. It's like, you know, when we're all born, we don't have, we have that intuition straight away and there's no, you know, we just, we learn, don't we, as we go along what <laughs> what's, what we're surrounded by and then we obviously get dragged here, there and everywhere. So I think I always think, gosh, yeah, you know, when I was born, I didn't have any, any anything like this. So it's just kind of reconnecting with your intuition. Your body always has, it's always there. So, Yeah. Definitely. And I liked as well what you were saying just now about when you were dieting and doing all of these things, whether that's, we tend sometimes to over-exercise. I was somebody who in my teens, I lost a lot of weight, but I was doing a lot of exercise and I probably wasn't eating very well. And one of my school teachers actually said something, and this is back in the 80s, mid 80s. She yeah. said, your body knows what it needs. So even back then I hadn't heard of set point or she was the only person who ever said it to me and I kind of dismissed it because I was that age. But that your body knows what weight it needs to be and the weight at which it's comfortable and happy. Yeah. And you were saying about not having energy and just feeling, then you left feeling lethargic and you maybe reach for the sugary foods and the caffeine drinks and you go into those um, peaks and troughs of the blood sugar. Absolutely. and that is the body just saying, this isn't working for me, versus the energy and, you know, you just look at you and, and you glow when you talk about this stuff. That energy versus how you were when you were trying to force your body into something it didn't want to be. 
Yeah, it's so true. And to be honest, Robin, as well, I can always pinpoint now, it's like you can kind of see the big circle I feel like I've done. Like I knew kind of before when I was, I suppose when you can remember like five to 10 years old and I was just, you know, living life, just my, always, you know, mum was great. We just had really like real food. Just There was no, you know, massive, I don't know, we didn't talk much about dieting, was never mentioned really, but we just ate and we exercised, went out for fun, but it wasn't really structured and it was just, yeah, I was just living the way I felt was right. But then I, I remember then I just started kind of, yeah, veering towards, oh, okay, what's a diet? What's this about? And then it's just been a whole <laughs> cycle, but then I feel like I'm back to, ah, okay, yeah, just, it's just been, it's quite interesting. Really. It's, again, it's what you're exposed to, isn't it? And And that's, yeah, it's what's out there, what, what could really take you off track. But then again, your body always, yeah, it's always there. So, And sometimes yeah. that, that's an essential part of the journey. It's a learning. And because you've yeah. been on that journey, you then can share all of this stuff to oh. support other people to yeah. learn about their natural set point. And I love as well in the blurb that I was reading before we joined up that yeah. uh, you say about helping women to find and fall in love with so that you know, that thing of acceptance but acceptance through love not acceptance through oh this is just what i'm stuck with exactly but yes learning to obviously we're going to enjoy the greater energy and the feel because the body feels so much better but yeah. just to be able to also love how i am who i am Oh, definitely. Yes. Because I think then there is that thing of when there's so many diets around, you know, I think we've all been there, we might try a diet and then it doesn't kind of work for us, but then maybe a friend or someone you know might do it and it works really well for them. And there's this kind of doing and throwing, like, why isn't it working for me? But there's just that unique the uniqueness about us, isn't there? And I think it is really finding what works for you. And that's when you kind of find it, it's, it really, really works and it, and it feels great. And I think because obviously of my past of like going through that journey, you're so right. I mean, when cl many clients do come to me with that, oh, I've just tried, a client comes to me saying they've tried lots and lots of different diets. I always think, oh, okay, I think I might be the right person for this time because it is, I feel like I've, I've done the same. So there's just a lot of tools there that can help, yeah, guide people really into, into that and reconnecting, so yeah. And it's such a, an industry really, isn't it? The diet industry mm. and all of these uh, ways that we're kind of hooked in. So they're all the diet drinks and and that, that kind of gets me as well. Many of the diet drinks in terms of diet sodas and the low cows and the low fats, they're actually mm. probably setting you up to put on weight. Because, and they're not healthy because if they don't have fats in, they're full of sugars, they're full of processed ingredients. Yeah. So when we can find, like you were saying, your mum gave you real food, uh, not this just microwave ready meal kind of food, but proper yeah. nutritious food. Because also there's the concept that we are overeat, we're overfed, but we are malnourished in the Western world. So the body is still looking for the nutrients and maybe that's why we're hungry, apart from the fact that we've learned, we've lost the ability sometimes to know when we're hung, when we're full versus mm -hmm. when we're hungry. Yes. But if the body isn't getting all the nutrients it needs, it's still going to have cravings, even when we've eaten enough in terms of volume. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I will, I mentioned, actually I mentioned mum earlier, like she grew up in Ireland and 
she just had yeah pure food all the time like really fresh real food and then never she moved over when she was 18 or 19 never seen a tin of beans or never seen like um a, a butter spread so it was such a and that's why we say about dieting kind of culture and the low fats it was just but she was so healthy growing up and our immune system was just brilliant but it was it's a real change for her to see all this like low fat and then things for cholesterol and it was just never there and but then they were, they were healthy and there wasn't a gym in sight there was nothing like that so it's really interesting you say about the culture and, and then adapting to it and what's what's around you um but yeah and now obviously when I, i'm so passionate about this and i'm always talking to her about nutrition there she often says oh gosh it's like i've just i'm back when i was young again back in ireland just oh it's just real food isn't it just gotta eat food as close to its natural state as possible and yeah so it's really again it's like that big circle isn't it and just being aware that 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 is out there and i think awareness is key, isn't it? Just not be hooked into it all really yeah. and just while you were talking about that it made my, me think of my mum and her circle that i've watched her go on where she would have been having skimmed milk and low-fat spreads and then herself on her journey she's learnt a lot of uh, complementary therapies she does aromatherapy and massage and reflexology and through that whole journey she then was reading a lot about how do we support our well-being and stopped using all of these lower fat kind of options and I just butter butter is not as processed it's not full of all those chemical yeah. or um you know the the different kinds of fats and how saturated they are or not and how they work and don't work with the body but just eating the proper natural real food yeah then and, and when i was studying nutrition a little bit a while ago they were talking about how the liver looks at each molecule of what we eat and says is this something i recognize as food or not if I don't recognize it as food, it's a, if it's chemical or it's processed, it puts it into the liver, surrounds it by a ball of fat so that it won't harm the body. Yeah. And then we get liver issues, we get fatty liver. So it's not just the fat that is evident on the outside or your, uh, you know, what you can pinch in various different places, but it's the fat around the organs or in the organs that yeah. is, so you can get people who look skinny but actually they're not healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so important you say that, Robin, because I think, you know, when we have got maybe carrying a little bit of excess fat and, you know, we can feel really down on ourselves and angry at our body. But again, moving back to our body trying to keep us safe and in balance, that's what it's doing. It's amazing. It's keeping us it's keeping us well. That's why we're overweight. We keep, it's keeping our body safe. And I think that's another, again, it's a shift in the approach to what our body's doing. So it's just, I suppose, it's making sure helping people not to be angry at their body if they're overweight it's just doing what it needs to be done to, to keep us yeah keep us safe really so that's yeah that's such an important important point definitely yeah that's so much a part of what i do we look at beliefs and how our beliefs play out in our body so yeah. uh, a very timely example is coronavirus and the pandemic where we're distancing and self-isolating and all of these things which leaves us feeling isolated and when we feel isolated and alone our primitive brain goes into that survival mode where well if i'm alone because it's still working on the old caveman tribe kind of way of looking at the world if i'm alone i have less chance of finding water and less chance of finding food less chance of finding shelter 
of which I need all three to survive. So what do I do? I will hold water, I will store more fat, because those two things help me feel warmer and help me have more uh, water and more reserves to keep me going longer so that there's more chance I'll either find my tribe again or I will find what I need to take in. Yes. So when we don't have these things and when we deprive ourselves, you talk about supporting the body versus depriving the body. Yeah. We're just perpetuating that cycle. And I'm very big on compassion for ourselves and forgiveness for ourselves. Yes. So looking at that, maybe I'm feeling a little bit bigger today. But what is it really? Is your body holding because it's feeling scared? It's feeling threatened in some way? Yeah. And that it's that it's okay for it to do that, kind of like, again, yeah. allowing it to, to do that, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting well, to talk about beliefs as well there, because I think a big part of my kind of process of that journey I was on is almost when you're in it I think you don't realize that actually it's sometimes observing your thoughts I mean it took me a while to even notice a, notice a thought you know or notice that I wasn't that thought or that how it's running like the patterns and I remember I did a course actually on when I was on my journey and it was a lady who had um, she talked about diet mentality and changing your uh, diet and mentality obviously to more supportive thoughts and brilliant table of like uh diet and mentality thoughts and like non-diet and mentality thoughts and it was just eye-opening I thought oh right mm -hmm. so you kind of read the diet and mentality thought and you think oh yeah that's that's what I'm thinking but I could actually think that and then it's almost like as soon as you read that thought and think it that I could actually think that it just and this is all part of kind of changing the whole approach really it's almost like rewiring your, <laughs> your thoughts a little bit so it's really interesting to talk about the thoughts and belief because they can be so powerful can't they they can Oh, they can really, yeah, absolutely kind of direct so many of your actions ongoing. Completely, yeah. yeah. And that's our inner voice. And that mm. is pretty much running most of the time. And we are listening. Even if we don't kind of think we are and if we're saying things half in jest, but there's still, you know, when somebody says something and there's a little dig underneath it. Yeah. So if we're talking to ourselves like that, our body's listening. Yeah. So what you know, why don't we speak to ourselves the way we speak to our friends? The things we say to ourselves, we wouldn't say to our worst enemies. So true, yeah. And if you think, yeah, if you think that our body is largely water and Dr. Masuru Emoto did uh, experiments with water saying that if you send love to water, if you speak caringly and lovingly to water, mm. it will freeze in beautiful crystalline structure. But if you send hate to that water and shout at it and abuse it verbally, it will fracture and make these splintered kind of these splintered kind of crystals when it freezes. And if yeah. if our body is made up of such a you know that's the highest percentage of what we are, we should then be bearing that in mind and thinking, well, if I talk to myself with love, my body will show that. My body will hold that. It has a memory. Yeah. Absolutely. And there is that sense of you and the body not knowing the difference between a stressful or negative thought or whether it's actually in front of you, physically threatening you. So it's taking it all on, isn't it, without knowing that difference. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely be mindful of it. And I think understanding as well that those thoughts, I mean, even now I, I often get a thought that creeps in that maybe talks about dieting or maybe shouldn't do. But now I think when you can... But it's that it's like kind of sitting back, isn't it? And just making sure you can observe the thoughts and accepting that they're not they're not going away. It's never going to they're not going to stop. It's just whether you 
give them power and attach to them and take the action when they're there and it's yeah it's, it's a constant journey isn't it but um yeah wor wor worthy journey i think to really try and try and do that yeah and it's knowing that that inner voice sometimes isn't our own it's one it's something that we have internalized and because mm -hmm. it's out there in social media it is going to crop up isn't it it's not something that we can get away with even if our minds stop throwing these random things at us it would still be there in our environment but like you said it's the ones that we choose to engage with definitely yeah absolutely another book i read actually i don't know if you've heard about it robin it's Catherine. Henson, Hanson, uh, Brain Over Binge. You've heard about that book? No. No. Oh. Um, well, this is another, it's, it's, again, it's on the thought and action um, topic, really. She was she was similar thing, but she went, she was kind of binge eating and she um, obviously learned to detach from the thoughts and the urges. And I think that it was a really powerful, a really powerful teaching, actually. She wrote, I think she did two books on it. Uh, but it is that, I think, he was trying a lot again, lots of diets again, thinking there's got to be an answer and trying different things. But then it, all, all she needed to do was actually to stop her binges. Just had to, yeah, just ignore the urge. And actually, I suppose she was saying about there is that there's always that second where you don't need to take action, like you'll get a score, and it's just that that's little minute, or not even a minute, like a second that you don't have to action. That thought can't make you take action, and um. But yeah, the more obviously the more you practice that, then the urge does kind of whittle away. But that's another. It's just these little things that it's like a collective. It's a collective thing, really. But that was definitely a powerful one for me too. Yeah. And it is those also. What are the things that work for me? What are the things that speak to me that resonate for me? So it might be that book, and obviously anything that can support you in being able to put aside, not feed, not engage with the thoughts that aren't supporting, aren't serving. Yeah. And the things then that can actually, instead of this is the mindset for a dieter, this is the mindset of somebody who just is happy with who they are. And yeah. when it's like you were saying about reading the different thoughts and you read the one, maybe the diet mindset and you think, oh gosh, that's how I've been living. And you yeah. read the other one and you think, oh gosh, why am I not living that way? Because <laughs> in, in a sense, it's kind of like, well, yeah, it's yeah. it's like why why have I not had these thoughts? They are so common sense. This is how obviously it would serve me better to think. Why have I not had them? Yeah. Which in itself is that kind of light bulb moment and helps to make the shift. It definitely does, and there's such a freedom I think as well. Mm. And I have clients say this to me as well, but not not waking up thinking, oh gosh, what can I not eat today, or what can I eat? Or there's just a freedom you know that when that mentality and all those thoughts quieten down and you don't have that attachment to them there's just it's almost like you can get on with your day you know and there's like i don't have to think about that now and and that's really and then understanding that there will be another diet that comes maybe into your you know you might read it in a magazine or be on the on the tv they will always be there won't they but then you just yeah when you get past that oh i remember like i used to engage with that or you know but you just get i think that is that freedom and it's yeah it's really nice Kind of that ease in your body, isn't it? It's like a weight lift off your shoulders. That's that's what I, I feel and learn from clients too. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's great if we can have a sense of humour around it, because oh, for a start, we learn so much better when it's see when we see something as play. So even if we and and if it comes in with, with uh, compassion for me as well. So I might look back and think, oh, I used to do that. 
but laughing with myself, not at myself. And if it comes up again, oh, there it is again. Right, that's an opportunity to think a different way, to just be a little bit more self-aware. Also, is there something that triggers me particularly? You know, am I feeling stressed today? Therefore, this hits me harder. Yeah, I'm more vulnerable to dieting things when I'm feeling stressed or actually I, I, I'm hungry, I need my lunch. Yeah. And then I, I feel bad about eating or whatever it might be to notice yeah. our trigger points. Definitely. Yeah. And I think what always used to make me, and I suppose still does really, you know, if clients might say, oh, but I've got a wedding at the weekend and oh, that's really annoying because I'm trying to, and in me, I'm like, oh gosh, but like those occasions that like, you should be looking forward to them. Like they're such mm -hmm. lovely occasions to be with friends and family to enjoy and it would just really oh gosh inside I always think it's such a shame that you know when people and don't you know I, I've been there before I think oh what will I eat there then when I go there but I just think it's again when that goes you're just free to enjoy the event and obviously eat what feels right without thinking I can and can't and I think that's a real yeah I think a real great thing to so get to and maybe have a target to you know just enjoying life because those occasions will always be part of your life as well and I think it doesn't have to be yeah, sucked into that that mentality really around them. So yeah, and I love that idea that it that it gives us freedom. It's liberating, and it's so true. Because if you mm. think about food, you know, if you have an issue with alcohol or drugs or gambling, mm. you can put those out of your life if they're a struggle for you. But with food, you can't. And we eat regular meal times mostly. Or, you know, there's kind of that culture around you have your breakfast, you have your lunch, you have your tea, whatever words you use for those. You might have a supper, afternoon tea, morning snack. But it, yeah. it, it then becomes so regimented. And then we're thinking, as soon as we finish one, what, what can I have for the next one or not have for the next one? And how many calories have I eaten so far today that then I have whatever left for the rest of the day? Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there is that ease around it. There can be like an ease found around eating and knowing that you will, you will eat again. Like that's always, and sometimes, you know, there is that kind of, uh, when there is that diet and mentality, is that kind of like panic or need? To live in a, a world where we do, the next meal will be there, you know, and we're very lucky. Remind us you know that each meal with yeah there's, there's always going to be more so yeah it's really interesting but I, I would um one thing I wanted to mention too we haven't I suppose touched on exercise but I suppose sharing my journey as well if anyone does relate to it is that you know obviously with our um the diet and mentality they always talk about exercise in terms of burning calories and yeah moving as much as you can to burn calories and funnily what ha was happening to me is I was too much of that and that's what was keeping me away from my natural weight so it was quite an interesting change in my yeah thought pattern and mentality to think okay I actually ex need to exercise less and be more restorative and that's always quite an interesting one because straight away people think oh I need to move more uh, even some people maybe that are carrying extra weight sometimes not always moving more it could be just looking at what you need to do to create balance in your body from like a, a yeah, holistic approach, really. So it's just uh, yeah, it's again an interesting approach, and I suppose the dieting culture and yeah, what's encouraged. Mm. And that people aren't aware that when we overexercise, it adds to our physical stress. Oh yeah. And cortisol and 
those are the chemicals when they're you know hormones running around in our body that can actually cause us to hold weight yes yeah mm. so it's not only about what we eat it's it's about everything in life really and how we are addressing our stress how we're moving how often we're moving in what ways so exercise doesn't have to be aerobics or jogging or any of these things it can be yoga so and it doesn't have to be the more the more um energetic kinds of yoga but it can just be the stretching side of yoga or yin yoga so even things that aren't necessarily movement as such you need a balance i love that concept of balance so have some that is movement have some that might be quite energetic have other times that are quiet and still there like you say the restorative stuff they're equally important oh, absolutely again just to kind of create that that balance in in the body and i think there's when i was kind of coming out of that exercising um mentality as well of you know doing as much as i can there was like it would creep in like oh yeah i'll do yoga but do it the vinyasa one you know the one where you really <laughs> so it took a while like you did there is that no actually you, you can just stop and do some restorative but it it takes you know it, it does take take time and and it's just, i suppose being patient and kind kind to yourself too like because it's okay to have gone through that journey of dieting because as i say you know it's exposed so much and it's it's okay to have done that but it's yeah re rewiring re-educating isn't it and i think sometimes it's a bit like being on a roundabout if we jump off too fast it's yeah. we might go spinning off somewhere we might feel very giddy so sometimes it is a part of the journey isn't it just to step it down bit by bit yeah exactly yeah no definitely I totally agree yeah yeah and sometimes when we're finding a balance, we can be like the pendulum where we're swinging either way. And that's, it's all just a part of the journey. Just keeping on listening and trusting that our bodies know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So our bodies don't mind. It doesn't mind if it's a Monday. It doesn't mind if it's a Friday. It doesn't matter if it's, because you know, there's that kind of like start the diet on the Monday. Yeah, yeah. Our bodies don't mind really. Like they're just, they take. and you mentioned earlier as well about when you were dieting it throws your hormones off if your body isn't at the balance that it needs yeah which absolutely. obviously as women particularly it can really hurt hit us hard well you're so right and that was definitely a key factor for me to really know that something wasn't right because mm. you maybe can kind of go with the energy levels you can be like ah oh, you know yeah i can get by if, if it's not too low you're like yeah just you know but the hormonal level thing i was like oh okay yeah there is that's definitely a little flag there <laughs> that there's something not quite right and it's funny um some people do ask me so how long do you expect if you work with people how long do you expect them to find their natural weight and how long did it take me to and if I'm totally honest, it didn't take me long to find my natural weight because, because I was doing quite a few things that were off balance, really. I Once I learned this and put the things into place and I knew on the hormonal level, once all that rebalanced, it took about a month, month and a half to really make me think, oh, okay, yeah, this is all, this is clear now. I've, I've, I know what's what it is. But when you haven't got, I suppose, clear flags, then it can just take, take a while, really. And it, and it does take that. 
um, just understanding and being patient with your body really and experimenting food just knowing that it is going to be a bit of a journey like you're saying you kind of step up but it's uh, it can be very personal how long it can take but for me I think I just got so far um I suppose that I really really knew that there's something yeah not quite right and then as soon as I learned it I was just so determined to, to get there that it didn't take it didn't take too long but um yeah it is a very personal journey but it does when you've got that specific those specific things that aren't quite right, they're definitely the things to focus on really and know that things are right when they're when they're in the balance. Really. Yeah. But absolutely so key to focus on that and, and support the body and hormones balance definitely. And although sometimes it is hard to say how long it's gonna take for somebody to yeah. find their own balance, find their own set point weight and maybe achieve that weight and start to feel at their fullest yeah. i think every single step along the way if, if we approach it with openness curiosity a sense of adventure and that this is me learning more about me and you know that investment in self-care in getting to know ourselves and because we learn so much as well don't we it's not just about the weight it's about who i am and what lights me up and it can have so many in, uh, implications, consequences, change lots of areas of our lives. Oh, 100%, yeah. And understanding too that this, this natural weight, our set point can fluctuate and it is, as we get older, like it can increase slightly and that's, that's fine too. It's just uh, nature, isn't it? And a very natural process. But in the kind of coming out of that dieting mentality too is that knowing that when you go on holiday or if you have any Christmas holidays and things the weight will fluctuate and you can just kind of go with the wave and the flow and it just feels so much better really and it's yeah again it's okay for the body to do that yeah absolutely and seasonally too do you see a change in the seasons as we come into the colder weather I know that I tend to be somebody who needs a bit more fuel and feels like hibernating quite often when the days get short hundred percent yeah and I always find like kind of like salads are much more appealing in the summer <laughs> like hearty food much more in the winter yeah absolutely and and there isn't yeah again it can be really you kind of like gu guided by your body I think sometimes in that it just feels it feels nicer doesn't it yeah absolutely yeah and you mentioned Christmas and holidays I think they're set periods in the in the year aren't they they're not very long generally certainly you know holidays are normally about two weeks and christmas is around the same if you stretch it for the whole of the holiday two weeks out of 52 yeah if you're having a little bit more food if it's winter as well you maybe need more food just again probably do you look at things like knowing listening to your body and knowing when you're full yeah definitely one thing I, I talk quite a lot about is the hunger scale and it's just a really a really powerful tool again one I use so I always have to share things that I used um I suppose I'm just talk a bit um more re relating to them more really but it is that kind of like one being your absolutely ravenous and can barely function and constant traits um not in a good place so we want to try and kind of bring this in to be between five and a seven so you need to feel maybe a little bit of rumble in your tummy and you start to eat and you get to a seven where you just feel satisfied and 
this is something actually it's funny to talk about Christmas when I talk about occasion and it's another thing often people say oh no Christmas is coming up and now there's going to be all this food around and it's that oh you know that kind of clutching my foot in my stomach I think oh but that's great isn't it so lovely to have all that food around and you know celebrate Christmas but I think people can approach it in a real oh it's going to be a really hard time over Christmas but hunger scale is a really key one here because there is all get into the situations where we can't control what we eat and there isn't always fresh food or vegetables and things and that's that that's life isn't it so i think the hunger scale can really come in handy in, in places like that just don't worry about what you have what's available just check in with your hunger scale i think right am i hungry do i need it okay no i don't okay maybe i'll have a little bit keep checking in if we can keep in this little window then we're in a really good place and not really need like overindulge every day or you know we'll get really hungry again if you're allowing yourself to get really hungry we're going to have the blood sugar effect yeah the roller coaster going up and that's where we don't want to be as well so like you were saying before about the <laughs> we want to try and settle in the middle whatever whatever's in front of us there. yeah no really really time yeah and when we start to understand our body listen to it and honor it we can then have you know be freer like you're saying being free have more freedom to say no actually i'm full now i don't need any more without the guilt of saying of if i say no they're going to be offended because i'm not eating their cooking yeah or whatever i know yeah there's that i remember you used this analogy before um speaking to a client about our stomachs like imagine if you just bring your <laughs> bring your vision down into your stomach and your stomach's looking up just waiting for food to come in it's like your stomach really doesn't mind if someone's <laughs> offended or it doesn't mind it doesn't mind what's going on on the outside it's just going to receive the food you put in and do what it needs to do with it you know so it's just trying to i suppose let go of any attachment you have don't you to things and what will people think it's just thinking i need to fuel my body yeah in that kind of way but yeah i i know it can be tricky but it's just different things that can help yeah and in terms of the supporting on the other side maybe looking at because i'm always when we say something like that to ourselves right today i'm going to tune into my body and i'm going to listen to where am i on the hunger scale and if i am up at a seven or you know, five, six, seven, I can think, do I want that next helping or do I want the sweet or whatever? Yeah. And if we're then thinking, right, if I'm not hungry enough, I don't need it, I can actually say no. And sometimes there's a little thing goes off in the back of our heads going, oh, but I can't say no. Yes. Because X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or, you know, all these different things. Anytime there's a little eek, but I can't, for me, it's like, Let's take that out and have a look at it. What yeah. is that but? Because yes. that but is telling us something about our beliefs. My belief is that I cannot say no to this person in this example, because they'll be offended. Well, what, what does that say about my sense of self-worth in that I'm putting a one-off meal where I've eaten everything else and enjoyed it and complimented it and then I'm worried about I'm saying no to the sweet versus this is my body. My body's yeah. telling me no, I've had enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that about really kind of delving into the belief side, Robin. That's really, yeah, that's really interesting because it is. It's a little flag, isn't it? It's a bit like, yeah, and it's like an, both seeing it as an opportunity as well to actually delve into it, isn't it? Yeah. 
and it's part of that liberation because I'm very much a believer that if we have attachments that you have mentioned a few times, mm. attachments are things that are holding us stuck, basically. They are mm. sticky attachments keeping us stuck. Yeah. And I went on some fantastic CPD training last year where the facilitator, the, the, the trainer was saying that that is the root cause of so many, if not all, of the issues that we face. We're yeah. attached somewhere in some way to something. Mm -hmm. And I think those buts highlight our attachments. And when yeah. we can deal with those, it is so liberating. Yes, I love that. Gosh, isn't but a very powerful word if you think about it? Mm -hmm. Like whenever it comes after but in your mind is like, ah, oh, that's, that's it. That's a really clear, uh, yeah, clear to think about. I like that, yeah. As long as we can do it with openness, curiosity, no labelling, no judgment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And knowing, like, as we're talking about food, like, it, it's it's certainly okay to, yeah, I mean, overindulge sometimes as well, and yeah. it's being kind to you in that process. You know, it's all it's all part of the, that journey too. But I suppose then we could look, as we talked about triggers, if maybe that could be a trigger for some people as well. If you do happen mm. to find yourself overindulging, that could be the trigger to continue but it's just that yeah again it's been mindful of okay that can happen but we can let go and move on yeah next yeah it's yeah. about not beating ourselves up either way if i have the sweet and i feel a bit full hopefully not overly full but a little bit like whoo maybe that yeah. was not necessary that's fine i did it one off i can yeah. move on it's, it's not like um you were talking about having to start the diet on the monday the idea of oh well, i ate a chocolate today that's it the diet's diet's over <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And it's, I mean, yeah, such a common thing, definitely. And, you know, as we see lots of diets is like that kind of quick fix approach, isn't it? So it's a really, oh, okay, well, I'll just start on Monday. I can do, yeah, four or five weeks and it'll be fine. It's just that kind of quick, quick fix all around us, isn't it? So that can encourage the start on Monday approach as well, can't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm, Versus the just let's change my lifestyle let's change how i feel about myself let's set myself free yeah and know that this doesn't need to be the way there's definitely another way there's there's, there's people out there that are taking the actions at their natural way and yeah we you know we, we can all we can all be there really i think that's something i talked about as well with a client was we were talking about weight she had a target weight in mind and she found it quite powerful when we talked about um, waking up imagining yourself at that weight and say for example um but yeah so if you, you woke up and imagined you're at your natural weight and then you just start taking action as a person at their natural weight or at that weight just for that day because then we talked about ah so if i do that that day then i just need to let my weight catch up then because you're going to need to take those actions at some point <laughs> anyway so it was just a bit of a change in mindset to just, yeah, pretend you're there already, start taking those actions, look over there, and then everything else will fall into place. Yeah, so because that's the reality of it, isn't it? We, we're going to have to take those actions anyway, aren't we, at, at some point to get there. So that was quite a powerful little mindset shift as well, yeah. And you talked earlier about how the brain doesn't know the difference between yeah. up here and out there. Yeah. It's just another way of using visualization, isn't it? The way athletes do when they're training. It's just a workout for the brain. I'm just going to hold that energy. I'm going to be in that space in my head and I'm going to see what that's like and then I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
and it will be changed definitely yeah and you you talk as well one of the things that i read in in your information was about how low calorie diets aren't the answer can you say a little bit more about that yes so low calorie diets again speaking from experience on this cycle there's so many exposed ways that they're not really in tune with finding the natural weight and finding any sort of maintenance in weight as well so i use an example of when when I talk about low calorie diets not working, I always speak of low calories in like very restrictive eating, which a lot of diets do encourage reducing calories to a thousand. So I've seen some diets like 800 calories a day and I'm just like, ah, um, because you're not giving your body even the bare minimum to survive. Even if you weren't, if you were lying down on your bed, if you're having five, 600 calories a day, you're not really even fueling that, let alone anything else in your day. So we just need to make sure that if you are going on a calorie controlled diet, that you are meeting your basic needs, again, to keep your body functioning at its optimum. Because if it's not, then it's, it's not going to want to lose weight or whatever it might be. That's going to be the last thing it's going to want to do. So, um, yeah, so things that can happen on, on low calorie diets is metabolism can slow down. And this often is when people go on a restricted diet and then they eat, go back to eating, say, normally or however they were eating before the diet and then they put the weight back on and then maybe a little bit more as well and that is the result of the slower metabolism so it's and that's a very yeah that that cycle then is very difficult to break because then obviously you put more weight on so it's like oh i'll try another diet and then metabolism's getting hit again and it just this cycle continues so i think that's a really really important thing to understand before anyone might approach a low a really restricted um diet in terms of long-term long-term change and achievement really um so yeah i think that's definitely the key thing but again what i was experiencing is that the lethargy like if, if you are on a low calorie diet i suppose people that have tried it myself too it's very can be very difficult to stick to when you're not actually feeling good on it when you're feeling like oh this isn't enjoyable like so it just even from like a mindset side and approach to it it's just very very challenging isn't it so um yeah, I'd say they're the main things I, I would pick out from why I really believe they don't, they're not the answer. Yeah. And not only are they hard to stick to, but then once we aren't able to stick to them, mm. there's the guilt and the beating ourselves up. I didn't stick to my diet. I know, absolutely. And then if you think about the what that's caused in the body, the, the stress levels once more, it's a, that cycle, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> You were saying about restricted diets and they're not enough even just to lie on your bed and do nothing. They're not <laughs> enough to, to give you the energy for the breathing, the heart beating, all of these things that the body keeps on doing all day long, even if we're not up and moving around. But not only that, it doesn't give our digestive system enough to work on. And things yeah. like the intestines will actually slow down because yeah. there's nothing for them there to work on. We need, that's why we need more fiber in our diet. To, yeah. to bulk things out but also if we're not putting enough food in there there's nothing yeah. for them to work on and there's nothing for the stomach acid to you know so it starts working on our stomach yeah no 100 yeah definitely and an interesting thing we do when we um with our clients is uh i mean when we do uh, get our clients step on the scales it's a starting point there's we do the basal metabolic rate so you just get a obviously the calories that your body would need at rest and often this is 
uh, well, I mean, it's very personal, isn't it? But, you know, it can be 1,500 calories for some people, 1,200 calories. So that's your body at rest. So if you think, as I mentioned earlier, so that's what your body needs, the 1,200 calories just to function. And if you're cutting to 1,800, then your body's like, oh, okay, so I can't even, yeah, do what I need to do just to survive. Now what's going to happen? <laughs> I'm going to have to start changing a few things. Lots of mechanisms going to have to, yeah, non-essential things in the body will start to shut down. And it's just, yeah, it's again, it's not working with the body, is it? It's, it's working completely against it. So, yeah. And I was talking to uh, somebody earlier today about how we charge our phones. So we put electricity into our phones. We put fuel into our cars. Yeah. We're the same. We just need something to keep us going. And if we don't have it, it's going to be like the phone or the car. It's going yeah. to stop at some point. Or it's certainly going to say, this isn't working. Sorry, I think I lost you there, Robin. We're back. Yeah, sorry. I think the connection went slightly there. but we're back. Yeah, it's been coming and going for me as well. Just yeah. that we do need to keep topping up. If we don't keep topping up, like our phones or like our cars, the body's going to stop. Oh, it will. It will. Yeah, definitely. It won't lie. It will definitely. Uh, yeah, it will. It will tell you for sure. Yeah. So thank you so much, Anya, for coming on and sharing all of this, because I think it's such an important message mm. and that liberation. Who doesn't want that sense of freedom. greater freedom? absolutely oh no it's been a pleasure to talk to you i hope you found it helpful and obviously your listeners too and um yeah i mean i do i, I just think it every you know if, if everyone could learn this and, and be free of that dieting mentality and that cycle i think yeah um very happy. yeah so thank you everybody for listening and if you're watching the replay then just stick in hashtag replay and if you have any questions for anya then please do pop them in the uh, comments below and I'm sure that Anya will be able to reply uh, but Anya other than that where can people find you and I know that you've got something special set up on your website now for, to help people haven't you even before they connect with you yes we do so it's a brand new scorecard so we've created a find your natural weight scorecard so just by answering a couple of questions you can find out how close you are to your natural weight and you'll receive some of our top mindset diet lifestyle and exercise tips as well just to guide you in the right direction and now you'll find that on our website yes our website sanavitahealth.co.uk and social media instagram facebook and also on linkedin as well so we connect on any of those Fabulous. Fantastic. So I hope that uh, you've enjoyed our chat today and feel free to share this group with anybody you know that you feel might be might find the, the information that we share here helpful and uh, tune in again next time when I'll be having another wonderful guest. Just keep an eye out in the group and I'll be sharing more about that shortly. Bye for now. Bye.